We are born free, and we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty podcast and coming to you on Sunday night, very late on Sunday night, January 7th. This will publish on Monday morning, as it always does. And uh, yeah, excited to talk to you all this week. I have a bunch of, uh, you know, trending topics, important topics. We're going to be talking about um, Megyn Kelly. She had some interesting things to say about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, We're going to be talking about Bill Clinton, a little bit. Got a little, little funny, uh, Bill Hillary joke to uh, to share with you. A little meme, uh, playing off our our meme wars show. Give you a little preview of what Brian and I do on Friday with meme wars. We'll be talking about Mike Pence and how he's just a stooge for the deep state, the establishment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then talk about you know some lies that the FBI has done over the years. We're talking about a crying MSNBC anchor. We, uh, If we have time for it, and I think we will, we'll talk about some things that Madison Cawthorn has said about what he thinks could happen with regards to, uh, to Donald Trump and a potential assassination attempt. And then we're going to talk about, and I'm going to show you a video of Donald Trump doing a impersonation of Joe Biden during a press conference. During today's episode, if you're watching the video, I'll be taking a drink from time to time of some delicious LaCroix, orange LaCroix. And uh, if you're not on the sparkling water drinking train, you know, if you're just drinking regular old water all the time, figure your life out, man. I mean, sparkling water is, that's what you got to have. I mean, why would you not be drinking it? There's no downside. This episode is brought to you by LaCroix. Just kidding. But that would be cool if they had like a, uh, you know, a sponsorship at the top just by chance. We do these inserted ads at the beginning of our uh, of our shows. Be awesome if LaCroix was just in there just by chance on this show. Um, but they probably won't be. Probably they'll put something like Pfizer, you know, get vaccinated in there. I've heard actually, and feel free to reach out and email me or, or send me a tweet on Twitter at John Odermatt. Not don't send me a tweet, send me a DM at John Odermatt. Um, or you can email me at John at lionsofliberty.com. And I've heard a couple different times some weird advertisements have come up at the top of our shows. So we do an automatic pre-roll and an automatic mid-roll. We do have some ad reads that we do put in there for some deals that we have, for example, like Crowd Health. But a lot of them come through an ad program that we do um, through Spotify, through Megaphone, our uh, podcasting hosting platform. And we're able to do like filters. Like, I don't want any ads on this. Like, I don't want any pharmaceutical ads. I don't want any ads talking about woke crap. Or it's, I mean, they have categories that it doesn't say woke crap. I wish it did. But um, there's different things that you obviously pick and choose that you don't want. Um, 
on your channel. And like one that we do have is definitely no talk about vaccines or pharmaceuticals or any of that. And I heard that there was um, before my last episode, my discussion with uh, uh, Anthony Samaroff, where we talked about corruption and uh, myths of the pharmaceutical industry. If you missed it last week, go back and check it out. Um, I heard from one person. Now everyone gets different ads, and you know, depending on your region or whatever. This was I forget what state. Someone maybe I don't know somewhere out west. I believe. Um, don't have it in front of me, but it was like a pharmaceutical vaccine ad or something that came up at the beginning of the show. I don't know how that's happening. Um, I need to really do a deep dive into the filters here. And if still doesn't make sense, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get it figured out. So let me know if anything weird pops up. That's what she said. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of weird things popping up, um, Megan Kelly, let's talk about something strange, uh, interesting, kind of weird, that she said um, at the tail end of the, the Jeffrey Epstein files, not really files, this deposition uh, being released. And I'm just going to play the video and then we will talk about it. And, you know, Megyn Kelly, I don't know, she said some things in the past that, uh, you know, haven't exactly come to fruition. Um, I know she made some threats at previous networks that there was going to be all, I think when she was at Fox news, she said that there's, there's going to be all kinds of uh, sexual harassment claims brought forward, which uh, never really materialized. So take this with a grain of salt, grain of salt, take it uh, for what it's worth. But here is what Megan Kelly had to say about what she thinks could be coming in the next year with regards to Jeffrey Epstein. And we're not done with Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. Can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact, we're going to hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. Uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. More on that as I'm allowed to tell you. Hearing from him directly. What the heck does that mean? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously that could mean one of two things, right? Well, Broadly, it could mean more than that, but, um, you know, could either mean that there's a video of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein that uh, could be released, um, maybe maybe him talking about something, maybe, you know, she said hear from him directly. So that makes me think there's a video of him speaking about something, about the about these accusations that were against him, um, about the evidence, about who knows what, maybe incriminating some of these other individuals, maybe incriminating someone like Bill Clinton or Prince Andrew or Bill Gates or uh, Stephen Hawking, like we talked about on the last meme wars. Who knows what the video could be about? Or could she actually mean that Jeffrey Epstein is alive? He was not, he did not commit suicide. He was not murdered. That was all fake. And he was shuttled off to some private location where he will be heard from within the next year. Now, the likelihood of the latter scenario coming to fruition, I would say, is as close to zero as one can get. Um, so I don't think that's what's going to be the case. Even if he was alive somehow, they're not going to bring him back in the next year for him to address, I don't know, Megyn Kelly, give her, give her an interview. That's not going to happen. So my money is on there is some sort of video out there floating around that will be released, or maybe Megyn Kelly 
is just full of it. It doesn't know what she's talking about. So could be any of the above. And, you know, when we talk about someone like Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton always comes up, right? We're always, because what he was mentioned 50 times um, during the Epstein deposition that was uh, released. And uh, in one segment of it, it said that Bill Clinton um, likes young girls. And it's interesting that in every single, and I did mention this on Memoirs on Friday, but, you know, you see those uh, recordings of news anchors saying the exact same line. Um, They'll, you know, put those uh, mashups together and you got 50 news anchors saying the exact same thing. This is what happened with, in reference to Bill Clinton's involvement um, with the Epstein file. It was literally every single anchor saying, um, there's no evidence of wrongdoing on Bill Clinton's part. There's no evidence he did anything wrong, but he was mentioned 50 times in these Jeffrey in this Jeffrey Epstein release. So when that happens, you know, when somebody that close to Hillary, you know, starts getting you know on that side of you know maybe giving her a, a bad name or, or harming her in some way politically or uh, economically, well. You end up on her list. And I got a meme I'm sharing right now uh, if you're watching on YouTube or on Rumble. And I will link to it on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com. And you got Bill Clinton with the wide eyes, side eyeing it big time. And it says, when you find the date of your suicide in your wife's calendar. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty, 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 pretty good. And, you know, Bill, Bill's probably learned not to look through Hillary's, uh, you know, planner. You you don't know what you're going to find in there. Uh, You know, somebody who has that much, uh, that much blood on their hands. You know, you don't, I I don't know. Do you think Bill would want to know if, uh, if Hillary was about to, uh, about to take him out? I don't know. I mean, Bill's not looking good anyway, these days, is he stumbling around? He's a vegan now. I don't think he eats any meat at all. At least that's what he says. And it looks that way. He's wasting away to to nothing, just skin and bones. Doesn't have the nutrients to sustain himself. But that's where we are with uh, with old Billy Boy. And uh, you know, fifty just mentioned fifty times in the you know the most notorious sexual predator of all time, uh, not even just predator, pedophile of all time. Fifty times in a deposition, and uh, the news is like, yeah, you know, there's no charges though. You know, it's a sign that he did anything wrong. It's insane, man. Ah, the mainstream media is just totally insane. Um, and we're gonna that's the kind of the theme for today. Insanity from the mainstream media. If you don't get enough of it on a, a daily basis, I'll give you your dose today. Man, LaCroix is so good. Delicious. Fresh oranges. Fantastic. Okay. Next up, we are turning the page to CNN and uh, good old Mike Pence. Mike Pence was on CNN, and of course, they were asking him about um, January 6th, because that's what Mike Pence, it's about all he's good to talk about now, because he's his presidential run for president was a huge failure. So what, what is why would a news organization, why would CNN or MSNBC or anybody want to talk to Mike, Mike Pence, if only to talk about how horrible January 6th was and how, you know what? Just tell us, Mike Pence, tell us because you were there and you know, tell us that you know the FBI did nothing wrong. 
It's not just President Biden who's focusing on January 6th, of course. You have Donald Trump still talking about it. Do, do you want to just like take this opportunity to clear up this lie that the FBI was leading the charge on January 6th? It's obviously not true. I'm sure you know it's not true. Do you want to make, make that clear to the voters? You know, I've seen the director of the FBI repeatedly assure the American people that the, the FBI were not the instigators uh, of the riot that occurred on, on January 6th. And uh, frankly, I'm very grateful uh, for the efforts uh, of the FBI to bring uh, nearly a thousand people to justice who ransacked our Capitol and did violence uh, against police officers uh, that day. But uh, you're right. We've, we've been assured again and again that it was not the case. Uh, and I, I'm, I just must tell you, having been there that day, I, I mean, to see people literally breaking windows, ransacking the Capitol, um, uh, it, it just infuriated me. I, I remember thinking, you know, not this, not here, not at uh, the United States Capitol. And I believe everyone that conducted that, uh, that riot at the Capitol needs to be held to the fullest extent of the law. I'm pleased that many have. Uh, but uh, I, I've never been given any information. I've, I've heard the many repeated assurances. All right, that's enough from uh, old, old Mikey boy there. Um, he was there, guys. You know, he was there, so you got to trust him. And he's been assured repeatedly by the FBI that they had no involvement in any of this. I mean, the FBI would never lie to you or me or the American public or to Mike Pence or to CNN. I mean, there's no long track record of lies coming from the FBI. Are there? It's not like the FBI falsely accused Richard Jewell um, of the Atlanta Olympic bombings. It's not like the FBI was warned about 9-11 before it happened and failed to stop it. It's not like the FBI was warned about the Boston Marathon bombers and did nothing to stop it. Um, it's not like, you know, James Comey that, uh, you know, when he, when Dylan Roof killed a bunch of people. Um, Comey was forced to apologize because there was an error in the FBI's background check system that allowed Dylan Roof to buy a gun. Um, it's not like the FBI lied about the Pulse nightclub shooting. And if you look into that, actually, and if you look back in the archives of this show, episode 277, I had on a guy by the name of Dalton Moro and Dalton actually told a federal agent that his cellmate at the time, as if I'm remembering this correctly, who was the boyfriend of the Pulse nightclub shooter, his cellmate told him what was happening. Dalton went to a federal agent and informed them, and they did nothing. Um, you can go back and listen to it. Dalton, unfortunately, is dead. So yeah, take that for what it's worth. He was gunned down um, a few years ago. May you rest in peace, Dalton. Um, there's, whole, of course, whole Hillary Clinton fiasco. The FBI didn't lie about that, did they? You know, it's not like the, not like they made a crazy deal, unusual deal with uh, Hillary Clinton aides where they were given immunity and, and then allowed to destroy their laptops. That didn't happen, did it? It did. It did. Um, it's not like James Comey drafted a statement way ahead of time exonerating Hillary Clinton, even a few months before they even did an investigation into her laptop. It's not like Peter Strzok, who was so so corrupt, so anti-Trump, they'd had me pulled off the Russia case, but he was perfectly fine 
to lead up the uh, investigation into Hillary Clinton at the time. Um, It's not like the FBI failed to bring Jeffrey Epstein to justice, having all this evidence. And it's not like the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop evidence and the Biden family corruption when they all knew it was happening and lied about the laptop. This same FBI would never lie to you about January 6th and and being involved and um, having their agents embedded in the crowd, nudging the protesters to go into the Capitol. They would never do that. The FBI? You got to be kidding me, guys. Come on. Seriously. I mean this. I mean this. Let's take this seriously. The FBI would never do any of that, all right? Seriously. And on that note, I have to be very um, you know, careful with what I say about things like this because uh, you know, right now on YouTube, we are demonetized and uh, we've been shadow banned forever, but we're now demonetized and we can't do lives. I don't think we can post to YouTube right now. So if you want the video, it's on Rumble. But uh yeah, that the reason for that was because of a video an interview that our our good friend Mark Clare did in, I believe, 2021 uh, with Jason Rink about January 6th. And now, all of a sudden, just so happened on January 6th, 2024, that interview is too too hot to handle. They took it down. They gave us a strike. And uh, and that's that. So craziness, man. I hate YouTube. I cannot stand YouTube. Google, I should say. Terrible company. Um, Follow us on Rumble. Start watching more content on Rumble, period. I'm going to start doing it too. I'm so sick of YouTube and the uh, the lock they have on all of us. Uh, We need to start really pushing these other platforms and uh, getting some alternatives going because this, uh, you know, YouTube being the default video viewer and video and content, distribution for so many uh content creators and influencers and and all that stuff and uh news gatherers it's it's got it's we gotta we gotta get something else because they have us by the balls and uh it sucks so yeah um the bottom line is the fbi would never lie right we all know that so so one more thing about january 6th and uh i do want to show another video this is the the show of me showing clips for some reason. Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's a solo show. I think I forgot to say that <laughs> at the top. But uh, next, we're going to flip. We were just, just saw CNN. We're going to flip to MSNBC and uh, Jonathan Capehart crying about January 6th. Literally is Michael Fanone, former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer, Courage for America council member and author of Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. Officer Fanone, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, Please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. Um. We are uh, still in the midst of the the same fight that began uh, on January 6th, 
2021. Um, and we have a lot at, at stake in this country. Um, and I think that it deserves every American's attention. We're in the middle of a fight, guys. The same fight that started on January 6th, 2001. I mean, just the, the beginning of the video, if you were able to see the actual video or if you've seen it on Twitter, I'll link to it on the show notes page if you're not watching the video. This anchor, uh, Capehart, Jonathan Capehart, I, I think I recognize his face, but I, I don't recognize the name. I guess he's a frequent anchor on CNN. He has the Kleenex out. Before he asks the question, before he speaks. So if you have a Kleenex out, you know it's an act. There's no tears either. You look at his face, there's no water in his eyes, but his, his voice is shaking. And then this guy that he asks, uh, Fanone, is it? Or Facone? I can't remember. Um, this this DC, DC cop who wrote a book is obviously trying to make a whole career out of January 6th. Um, out of a tour of the Capitol. Essentially, essentially what happened, a peaceful tour that people forced their way in after they were, you know, fired rubber bullets at. And then um, allegedly, allegedly, guys, I would never say this. I would never say this myself. But allegedly, some people, some people say the FBI might have been in the crowd uh, encouraging people to uh, to go in, into the Capitol and break windows, as Mike Pence said, breaking windows. Horrible, horrible stuff. But and then this guy, when he asked the question. To to for, for own for comb whatever his name is, um, he like gives a long pause. Like, mm, oh my gosh, we are in the middle of this battle. It's been three years of a battle. What is the battle? I mean, what's what's happening? The only battle I'm seeing is innocent people who did nothing wrong, who walked around a Capitol building. Some of them didn't even go inside. Are spending months or years in prison. Some spending a lot of time in solitary confinement, being treated like terrorists. This was not an insurrection. This was this was people just being idiots. That's what it was. There's no insurrection, no danger of insurrection. Um, nobody died except for one person, and that was a uh, a protester, Ashley Babbitt. Um, in fact, yeah, recently it came out. It was the, there was a a police the police a police officer who died, I think, a day or two later. They're now saying absolutely zero, <clears throat> zero tie to uh, to January 6th and, uh, and what happened there. But just this drama and this, you know, making everything so emotional. And it's crazy because there are so many people out there on the left who buy this, that January 6th is like, you know, tantamount to 9-11. Like they think these are like the same things. And this is this, uh, you know, very important date in history where America was attacked from within. And the only way that we're going to save America and save democracy is to beat back these evil, evil Republicans. Um, it's so crazy that I did have a couple conversations on Twitter around um, the last uh, elections, last November, mostly local elections, right? And, you know, there were some things going around Twitter about lefties coming out and um, cursing at you know, Republicans who were working the, the voting booths, you know, saying that you're trying to destroy democracy. You are literally 
trying to destroy my right to vote. Take it away. It's like, what are you talking about? I interaction with people on Twitter saying the same thing, that Republicans are trying to take away my right to vote. What are you talking about? What kind of world are you living in? Like, where does that come from? It's not happening. No one's trying to take away your right to vote. I mean, I would argue that probably your, your right to vote most of the time doesn't matter. And uh, I talked about that a little bit. Um, actually published today, January 8th on uh, Mark's feed, the Mark Claire show. Um, I was his guest uh, on today's show. So go check that out. And we didn't talk a little politics at the end. That'd be in the bonus. So you would have to join his little Patreon to, uh, to hear about that. But talked about my faith, um, told some stories I don't think I've ever, ever told before. So go over to uh, Mark's feed and check that out. Two more things to get to today, but I'm running out of time. I wanted to keep this at about a half hour, quick episode coming at you. Um, next, I want to bring you Madison Cawthorn. So Madison Cawthorn, if you remember him, um, young guy, uh, paralyzed in a wheelchair. Um, he was elected to Congress in, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. Like I know what I'm talking about. I can't. I don't have it in front of me. I think it was 20, 2018 when he was elected, or I guess it was 2020. It's crazy how, like how, when you look back on time, it's like 2020 was only four, you know, three years ago. And it feels like freaking long time ago. And I think this guy was only elected in 2020. I'm not even sure about that, but that's really, that's really not important. What's important is what he said recently. Um, in an interview with uh, with Benny Johnson. If I could find the interview, there we go. So an interview with Benny Johnson, Madison, Madison Cawthorn had this to say. And you know what? The thing that we have got to do is, one, when Donald Trump gets in, 2025, President of the United States, if they don't try and assassinate I do believe they will try and assassinate him. I legitimately do. You see kind of this entire shift they're doing with the Napoleon movie and then they're coming out with the Caesar thing. They're trying to take this entire great man theory that, oh, well, there's a few great men throughout all of history who affect you know their entire time. And they're trying to say, oh, that's not true. People really aren't that great. And I think they're trying to say all of this and then they're going to probably, you know, I've got a picture behind me of, you know, Caesar being butchered by the Senate uh, in Rome. And but the people loved him. The people came and slaughtered all of the senators because of it. And it's like, man, you kill Donald Trump. Like what happened to those senators? What will happen to you? Just so you know, like it, But again, we just have to have enough people who are with the gumption to say, you know what? I am capable of violence. I want goodness. I want peace. But I study war and politics so that one day my children will be able to study art and science. Well, that's I mean, Almost wasn't going to play that it's because, you know, I'm not in favor of violence. I don't want any violence. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think the benefit would be there um, in order for, you know, to, you know, a violent act to overthrow something in this country. I, I don't think it's possible. And I don't think it's, I, I would not advise anyone to do it because I don't think politics. Uh, is the way to really change things in this country. And that's really a conversation for another day. But I had to play this because, or I wanted to play this because this is significant. First of all, that he said this, that he, this is a congressman who was elected 
In 2020, he served from uh, 2021 to 2023. He did have some scandals. Um, I don't know. He's the guy that came out and said that uh, there were all kinds of sexual perversions in Washington, D.C. And, and orgies happening and things like that. And then after he said that, like there were all these allegations, or maybe even before that, there were allegations against him, um, women coming out against him saying that he sexually harassed them when he was in college and, and younger. I think he was, so he became paralyzed, I believe, in high school when he was like like 17 or 18 years old. But uh, this is a, a pretty young guy. And, you know, the great man theory, theory stuff, whatever. I'm not, I don't really care to talk about that. I don't think Donald Trump is a, uh, is a great man. I think Donald Trump, well, it depends what you think a great man is. Um, I don't think Donald Trump is somebody that we should be emulating uh, as individuals. Um, I think his ethics are off. I don't think he is, you know, somebody of high, high moral. Um, I don't think he has good morals, to put it that way. Um, but is, is he a great man? Depends how you find greatness. I mean, just the fact alone, this is a guy that has built up a huge um, real estate empire. Um, to be able to do that and sustain it over time, that's pretty great. Um, to have a very successful um, career in uh, in television on The Apprentice, that's pretty great. To be elected, now this is the craziest one, and I don't think this is anyone else has ever done anything like this or will do anything like this in history, where you go from never running a political campaign. Well, he did run for president a couple times before and dropped out, but actually was seriously in a presidential campaign and won the whole thing with no political machine. That's the most impressive thing. So if you think any of those things are great, and I would argue they probably are, then yes, you could say Donald Trump is great. I don't think he's necessarily a good person. Um, I think he does a lot of things that um, could could be harmful um, to the country if he were to win election again. He's. I definitely don't agree with everything he does. Um, so. Great man theory stuff aside, uh, when you have someone who just so recently served in Congress in 2023, that's last year, uh, saying that they believe Donald Trump, who will get the Republican nomination, Cawthorn just said he thinks he'll get assassinated. That would be insane. That would be crazy insane. Now, the difference between me and Cawthorn, so I don't think Trump's going to get assassinated, number one. I don't think that's going to happen. Secondarily, um, if he were to get assassinated, I don't think uh, MAGA Republicans would really do much of anything about it. I think what would happen is you would have you know a couple people step up, um, step forward. I don't know, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, people who would come out very aggressively saying this is terrible, and would and would steal that spotlight, and would be able to neutralize. Um, any sort of violence that was going to happen. That's not to say there wouldn't be offshoots of violence or maybe some small things that happened, but I don't think um, Donald Trump being assassinated would lead to an insurrection. I, I just don't think people have it in them. Um, and I mean, I don't, it wouldn't, like I said earlier, I don't think it would really be a good thing because I don't think necessarily if you had an insurrection that things are all of a sudden going to get you know peachy and wonderful and all Liberty will be restored. It could be worse. <laughs> Certainly, um, depending on who uh, who wins in the in the struggle for power, and I mean, um, innocent lives lost along the way. Of course, it'd be horrible, horrible to see. So, I'm not in favor of violence at all in any way whatsoever. Listen to that. Make sure to listen to that part, people. 
Um, so lastly, I wanted to end with a little bit of a uh, little bit of comedy. So let's turn it back over to uh, to Donald Trump this time, and Donald Trump doing an impersonation of Joe Biden, <laughs> of Joe Biden having a press conference. Read that teleprompter all day long. Biden can't even read the teleprompter. The other day, Matt, he's given a, a thing. He's a news conference because he hasn't had one in about six years or something. Can't have it. You can't have a news. So he picks a, he goes, Bill from NBC, NBC, over uh. So the guy asked him a very simple question, like about vanilla ice cream. But then they actually asked him a question about a border or something. So he goes, they ask him a question, Bill from NBC, they ask him a question. Um, the border is very strong. Uh, it's very normal. And things are going very well on the border. Oh, thank you very much for the news conference. Thank you. And then he walks into a wall. I and then he walks into a wall. Uh, but it, it's just ridiculous the the times that we're in, and you know, I mean, I've said this before. I said this when I was on Mark's show. Mark asked me politics, where do I see things going? Where do I stand politically? Blah blah blah. <clears throat> I think I've been pretty pretty uh, transparent in that. You know, I'm not. I don't really think that federal elections, you know, your presidential, Senate, Congress, th- there's so much money. Um, these politicians are so bought and paid for. I don't think there's it's worth really wasting any thought, any resources, any time, you know, trying to influence these races. Um, you know, if you want to vote, you can vote, whatever. I, I think the elections that matter are ones that are in your county, in your municipality, in your city, um, your school board, things like that, your your local elections, your 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 sheriff, uh, things like that. Those are the ones you want to spend time on. And those are areas where you want to build relationships, where you live, you know, Um, because those are the people who are going to impact your life. When you look at President of the United States, the swamp and the mess in Washington, D.C., you're not going to change anything there. That's out of hand. And maybe it'll all come crashing down. And, uh, you know, if it does, so be it. Bitcoin will save the day. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, that's a joke. I, I don't know what will happen, guys. I mean, when we look at this election coming up here, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, I think there's zero chance that Joe Biden is on the ballot. Not zero chance. There's less than a 5% chance that Joe, ba- Joe Biden is on the ballot in November. Um, Donald Trump, it's looking like he will get the Republican nomination. Uh I, anything could happen. I think the Republicans, the elite, um, you know, establishment side of the Republican Party, they want Nikki Haley as the candidate, and so they're they're going to do everything they can to make that happen. I don't think they can do it through the primaries. Maybe there's some way they can get Trump to not be able to run um, and not be able to be the candidate um, through the courts somehow. That's possible. Uh, I think Vivek uh, Vivek Ramaswamy has positioned himself 
in the best way to win if Trump were to have to drop out during the primaries because he is in a position that he does have a you know percentage of 5 to 10% of the vote plus he would get the majority of Trump's vote so politically for a primary win i think Vivek is really in second place to Trump um, ahead of Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, because if Trump were to go out, you're not going to see Trump voters going to Haley or DeSantis. Uh, and Chris Christie, why is he still in the race? I don't know. But that's the, the likelihood of that happening, of Trump having to drop out of the primaries at this time. I mean, Iowa, Iowa caucus is a week from today. That's that's crazy. <laughs> it, it, the We're too far down the tracks. So I, I don't think there's any way that Trump is forced out during this primary season. I think he wins the the nomination. And if there's some way they can get rid of him and replace him with Nikki Haley, they'll do that. I don't know if they can. So I think we will see Trump, you know, 70% chance Trump, 80% chance Trump, 20% chance Nikki Haley on the Republican side, Democrat side, 5% chance Biden, 95. I don't, I don't know who it'll be to be honest with you. You know, Gavin Newsom looks so terrible in that uh, DeSantis debate, and he is just not well liked. He does have a politician's face, and he has that you know smooth demeanor, but I don't know who else they're going to put up, man. And you got the the RFK Jr. factor, so it is it's interesting. And you know, you might say, John, for somebody who thinks that federal federal politics don't matter, why are you talking about it so much? Because it's interesting. And it's funny. Why'd you play a, a clip of Trump making fun of Biden? Because it's funny. It's hilarious. It's in our culture. We're, we're talking about it. You got to be able to have conversations with people. People are talking about this. You can have a conversation about what the election is like. What do you think will happen? And then say, guess what? It doesn't matter. None of it matters. How are your finances? What happens if, if you if you uh, lose your job next week? Do you have a uh, backup plan? Do you have multiple streams of income? Now, don't get aggressive with people like that. You know, Say it in a nice, kind way. But the point is, as libertarians, we should be, you know, these, these shiny beacons of light because we know that shit is messed up. We know that the fan and the shit are getting closer to colliding with each other, right? And are we actually taking actions to uh, to mitigate that uh, that risk when it does trigger, when it does occur? Do we have you know, a rainy day fund in, in gold saved up? Do we have you know some Bitcoin? So if we do need to do something crazy, like get out of the country that we could, we could do that. You know, I, I don't know if I'm there yet, but we, we all need to, to have those plans in place from a worst case scenario, not just focused on worst case, right? Also focused on like the case of you lose your job on Monday. What's your backup plan? How are you going to stay on your feet? You know, as libertarians, we need to be in control of our own freedom, of, of, of our own actions. And we can't be pointing at other people, especially when we understand the way this machine works. And we understand this machine has been made to work against us. So with that being said, guys, hopefully you enjoyed today's show. Like I said, many times throughout the show, all of the links will be on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com. If you like what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty with my show on Monday and Brian's on Wednesday and Meme Wars on Friday, 
please join us. Join the Lions of Liberty Pride by going to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. We would love to have you in the Lions of Liberty Pride. We just got a couple new members in the past two weeks. Love seeing the new members uh, join the Pride and uh, you know get access to our bonus content. So we have a conspiracy conspiracy show, Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups. We have a, uh, a sports-type show called Degenerate Gamblers. And uh, we have other bonus content as well. For example, when I have on a guest most of the time, um, you're able to watch that feed live either on YouTube or on uh, in our Facebook group. If you're on the uh, the Facebook, you can watch that live and ask questions if you want to. And you'll be able to do that just this upcoming week on Wednesday. <clears throat> having Chris Spangle on the show. Good friend, Chris Spangle, who I've known for a long time, who I met in person many years ago at, uh, at Porkfest. But Chris has been doing some exciting things recently with uh, not only his podcast, but he's actually, Chris is a white guy. He's actually appearing on a show on BET. And uh, he also has some really interesting ideas about the future of podcasting and how it can be used to grow um, local communities, meet people in your local area. So we're going to talk about that. I'm really excited to talk about it and uh, and dig into everything podcasting, where he sees podcasting going in the next, uh, next few years here, five to 10 years. So check back in next week for the interview with Chris and I will see you all then. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>